0: Amen. God bless you. While you're standing, I'd like to direct your attention to the book of Luke, chapter number 8. I want to say again while you're turning there, Mr. Gary Anderson, it's an honor to have you with us here today. My dear friend, Gary Anderson. Yes. Luke, chapter number 8. I do not, I do not expect to preach real long today, but I do need to give to you what I feel like God has given to me today. To all of you that are visiting with us, we're greatly honored that you're in attendance here today. There's a lot of places you could have been, but you chose to be here today, and we're delighted that you're here. Luke chapter number 8 and verse number 43. And a woman having an issue, has anybody got some issues here today? Anybody got an issue here today? And a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any. God just wanted us to know that. Spent all of her money on physicians. Neither could be healed of any. Came behind Jesus and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood stanched. That means it stopped. Immediately. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude throng thee and press thee. And sayest thou, who touched me? And Jesus said, somebody hath touched me. For I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling. and Falling down before him, she declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him. And now she was healed immediately jesus said unto her daughter be of good comfort thy faith hath made thee whole go in peace i want to talk to us for a few moments today who touched me who touched me i know we worship the lord a bunch here today and we praised his name but i wonder if we could just place our bibles down and lift our hands And pray that God would speak to every heart, every life, every issue, every situation, every need regardless of background and heritage and family tree and lineage and progeny. By the authority of the name of Jesus, I pray for the word of God to leap out of the days of the ancient. Becomes so relevant and available today through the faith that is in this house. We ask it by the authority of the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. This is without question the most unique physical healing that Jesus had been a part of. The question that Jesus asks here, who touched me, almost appears to be out of place, out of character, out of step, with a God who is omnipresent, ubiquitous, and omniscient. Which already heightens my desire to plumb the depths of this passage. Readily comprehending that there must be some reason that is not readily made available to us. Uniquely, 70% of the earthly ministry of Jesus involved miracles. In these examples, it was Jesus that did the touching. Time would fail us to go through each and every one of these examples, but in Matthew 8.3, 8.15, 9.29, 17 and 7, chapter 20, verse number 34, Mark chapter 1, verse 41, 7.33, 8.22 Mark 10 and 13, Luke 7, 14, 18, 15, 51, etc. In every one of these examples, it was Jesus that made contact through touch that brought about a miracle. However, there were other occasions where there was not the touch of Jesus, but it was at His Word that a miracle was performed. You may remember in John chapter 5 at the pool of Bethesda, the man that had been lame uh, the majority of his life and was told to rise and take up his bed. The ten lepers, the man with the withered hand in the synagogue, the blind man that was told to go and wash at the pool of Siloam, on and on. Jesus just spoke a word, and obedience to his word brought about a healing. And so with all of that as a template and all of that as a foundation, it makes this particular situation all the more important to us today. In this particular setting, we see that Jesus has been appealed by a man named Jairus to go and heal his child on the verge of death. On their deathbed, Jesus hears the plea of Jairus, and he is moved with compassion and begins to move towards Jarius's house. And so this miracle has to be qualified by understanding that the environmental concerns uh, are very important in this miracle. But even more importantly, the environment of this miracle can be replicated It can be duplicated. In fact, the conditions of this miracle is alive in this house today. You see, the Bible says that Jesus was on the move with many people present. You know, I understand that church sometimes takes a course of action where no two services are going to be alike. One, we may be... Um, moving around and the power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost, others may be a little bit more subdued. But I'm going to tell you there is something that is powerful when God is on the move. This woman already recognized that Jesus is on the move and i I want to preach to somebody already here uh, today uh, if you have issues and I know in our world we 're almost trained that we should either trust uh, we should also we should trust a doctor and maybe we should talk to somebody that 's a trained counselor and maybe we should go to any other source but to the Church of the living god i 'm here to proclaim to you that that. the day now is that signs and wonders and healing and power is available to the 21st century. There's no more time for program. There's no more time for religion. There's no more time for going through the motions. It's time for the power and the demonstration of the almighty God. Somebody, clap your hands right now. Somebody, give God the praise. The story is raw, it's unvarnished, it has no human veneer. It's just ABC one, two, three. This is how you get it. With Jesus on the move, now we need somebody that is desperate. You see, God is on the move in the 21st century. And I really believe that the pandemic was an opportunity to reduce our self-sufficiency and to challenge the fact that we can do it on our own. I wouldn't want to go through it again, but I'm going to tell you from the beginning of the pandemic to the end of the pandemic, God was still in control. God still had all power. God still had all authority. God st- ya. The question is, how desperate were you? Clap your hands and give God the praise. You have to appreciate that in biblical times, they did things culturally and socially much different than we do today. I saw somebody here recently uh, that had a cardboard sign in their hand that simply said, why lie? I just need a beer. And I'm just amazed that somebody would even think that I should feel sorry for this person and stop and give them a hard-earned dollar so that he can continue or they can continue their progression to becoming chemically dependent. But in Jesus' day, people didn't have many of the welfare programs that our culture so richly enjoys today. They carried the man to the gate beautiful daily. Somebody gar- uh, carried uh, the blind man, blind man uh, Bartimaeus, so that he could beg because he had a physical limitation. In our world today, uh, people that are panhandlers, and if you're a panhandler, I'm not against you today. You need to come to this altar and let God blow your socks off and show you what life really holds for you. But they understood in Jesus' day that there was not going to be a social program. There was not going to be welfare. There was not going to be a Joe Biden stimulus package. I'm sure somebody will tell him I said that. No, my friend, it was the goodness of God's people, which is why they were laid at the gate beautiful and why they were laid in the progression and and the areas, the thoroughfares in which godly people made their way to the temple or the synagogue. They didn't have the programs that we have today. But here was a desperate lady that said, you know, at one time I had money. At one time I had a little bit of savings. At one time I had a nest egg, but I've wasted it all trying to stop this issue, trying to fix this issue, trying to fix this situation where it's flowing out of me, it's draining me, it's exhausting me. Anybody got an issue here today? Maybe it's a wound in your spirit because you have fallen. Maybe it's a wound in your heart because relationships have turned out the way that you least expected. Maybe it's some situation in the way that you were raised. Some issue that you can't fix. You're in the right place at the right time. How desperate are you? Come on, somebody, clap your hand. This is no time to look around. This is no time to worry about how you're dressed. This is no time about worried about messing up your hair. This is the time to get desperate. Come on, somebody. I've gone to counselors. I've asked this person. I've asked that person. Nothing seems to work. So Jesus, the megastar that he already was among the common man with the press and the throng are moving towards Jairus' house. And a woman says, you know what, I may never get this opportunity again. See, the problem in America today is we think we got another chance you get that late bill in the mail that says you're overdrawn by $30. You, st- you think, well, I still got money. I got checks. That's a joke, folks. Somebody help me right now. See, we're used to another another letter. We're used to another warning. Where we become acclimated to having another opportunity, to have another chance. When it comes to the things of God, some moments are defining moments. Some moments are irretrievable. Some moments can never be recaptured. And here's a woman that was desperate, that said, you know what? Jesus is coming by, and he's got a throng around him. You know what? I've already been to the doctor. I've already been to ABC Denominations. I've already been over here. I've given all my money. I've wasted all my Money. What do I have to lose? And she got down on her hands and knees and she started working through the crowd. She started working through the dusty sandals. She started working through the feet and the legs and the trampling and she got a hold of the hem of his garment and Jesus stopped. I wonder if there's somebody here today that says, you know what, I didn't come to look pretty. I didn't come to win friends. I came to get beyond carnality. I came to get beyond the flesh. I came to be. How desperate are you? Somebody praise him. Somebody glorify. Somebody call the name of Jesus. Come on, Bartimaeus, call the name of Jesus. I can't hear you. If you were somebody in the crowd, you might have said, what is going on here? You might have just in a split second thought, you know what? I feel like kicking this woman. This is obnoxious. This is this is presumptuous. This is this is out of the ordinary. You're just pushing through. You're just you're just you're in the way. You're just—it's like it's like the people when Bartimaeus heard that Jesus was coming by, didn't see a thing, but he heard the commotion. He said, "Hey, what's happening? I, 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 what's been going on?" They said, "You know that that Jesus, that Nazarene, uh, he's walking by. He's just over there." And Bartimaeus said, "Jesus, thou Son of David, have mercy." He wasn't worried about what other people was gonna think. He didn't worry about his reputation. He didn't worry. You wanna need that today? You gotta get beyond all that. You gotta become sick and tired of being sick and tired. There were people that came to Bartimaeus and said, be quiet. Don't bother the master. He's just moving through. Bartimaeus said, you know what? I'm not even listening to the complaint. You know what? Some of you, you would have jumped up and ran here a while earlier, but there was a voice that said, nah, you don't really need to do that. And, you know, you don't really want to look stupid today. When you get delivered from that voice, you're going to do whirly birds from wall to wall. When you get delivered from those fleshly carnal voices, you're going to bang into the walls and not care what anybody thinks. When you get liberated by the power of an almighty God. Somebody shout. I don't care who's sitting by me. I don't care who's behind me. My child needs a healing. I'm going to get desperate. Understand? Every single service in Cornerstone here the last six months, I don't know what's happened. We've just gone to another dimension. Somebody walks out of this building for the first time, filled with the Holy Ghost having spoken other tongues. Somebody walks out of this building with a healing. And I'm here to tell you it's been available all along. But people are in the throng. People are moving with God. And they're not sensing that this is a time for desperation. There was a woman that said, I don't care if they're my neighbors. I don't care if that's the mayor. I don't care who they are. I don't care what they think they are. I've got a need, and I'm going to take it to Jesus. I've got a problem. And I'm taking it to the master. I'm not going to let my pride rule. I'm not going to let my arrogance rule. I'm desperate for an answer. Let's just take a moment and praise him. Come on, man. How desperate are you? Well, I got Medicaid, I got insurance. There's some things that only God can do. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Some of you guys are here checking this service out today. You ain't never going to forget this service. We ain't supposed to look like a program-oriented church When it's a move of God, it's supposed to be, you know, I remember. I remember I went to a church, and people were acting crazy, man. I ain't never seen anything like it. But you know what? They didn't look nervous. They didn't look like they were afraid of being rejected. They didn't look like they was afraid of being judged. They didn't care who was watching them. I'll never forget that liberty. That is exactly, that's the best advertisement that God could ever give. There's people under the sound of my voice that just in the last week, you've said, I've got to have an answer. I've got to have something happen. And God sent me to this place today to say, you've been going to the doctor. But how about going to... Don't let her run by herself. Somebody ought to jump up and take a lap with her. Oh, you know, that's fine for the wacko people. But, you know, I'm, that's fine for the misfits of society or You know, all them really wacko people that ain't got two nickels rubbed together and they ain't got, you know, common sense. And they listen, our culture is reprobate. They lost common sense a long time ago. If If a man is not afraid to become a woman, we shouldn't be ashamed of worshiping the almighty God. Somebody ought to shout. Somebody ought to run. Somebody needs to shout with a voice of triumph. We are not ashamed. We are not afraid. We are not nervous. We are not being arrogant. This is not religious pride. This is liberty given by the almighty God. No, 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 you don't understand. How desperate are you? Well, God hasn't touched me yet. You may be seated. See, that's where most program-trained Pentecostal people are. And I'm not trying to be ugly, but I was raised a certain way, and I got delivered to that. You see, I'm not going to wait for God. I'm going to do what I can do. Did you take a lap? I did, but I Our second time visitor just took a lap. Love you. You. My God, if this man can take a lap, some of you ought to shoot out of that pew. God if this guy can take a lap somebody that's able-bodied I'd' fly out of that pew. oh we don't need nothing ain't never forget oh I know it ain't bad enough yet. He's tired of pushing that little thing around. He said, Jesus, thou son of David. Jesus hasn't touched me yet. That don't matter. I'm going to go to him. I'm not going to wait until he goes to me. I I didn't come to this part of the world to operate on a program. I came to bring the power and the demonstration of an almighty God. Oh, we just don't have a need. It ain't bad enough yet. I still got the doctor. I still got money. I still got influence. I I don't need it that bad. I understand. I understand. You that are standing just remain standing. The woman was out of resources. She wasn't going to wait on anybody else. She wasn't going to wait on another doctor to take her money and give her some placebo and said, take this and you're going to be better. She said, I heard about Jesus. I've heard he's a healer. I've heard he's a deliverer. I've heard there's nobody like him. I've heard that he's God manifest in the flesh. And so instead of waiting for a moment that would never come for God to find me and touch me, I'm going to get on my hands and knees. I don't care what it feels like. I don't care what it looks like. And I'm going straight to Jesus. I don't care if I get stepped on. I don't care if I get spat on. I don't care if it's hot. I don't care if it's miserable. I don't care if I get choked with dust. I don't care if I get dirt on my garment. I don't care if I get dirt in my hair. I've heard he's a healer. I've heard he's God. I've heard he's the son of David. I've heard that he's a healer. And for the very first time, recorded in Scripture, she touched Jesus and virtue flowed. Just like Barack Obama said that we should never pass up a crisis, Jesus said, I'm never going to miss an opportunity to show what I can do. Who touched me? The disciples, Jesus, Master. Look at this crowd. There's hundreds. They're pressing. They're pushing. There's dust among us, dust following us. People are tired, they're hot, and you're asking who touched you. There's no way that we could know. Jesus said, Somebody. Somebody went beyond convenience. Somebody went beyond self reliance and self sufficiency and self satisfaction. Self, 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 self. and virtue has gone out of me. And his people began to look around because they knew that the woman, those that had offered her passage, the woman came and fell at his feet. Jesus already knew who touched him. But he said, I'm not going to miss an opportunity to let every one of these folks know that if you ever find yourself in that same condition, this little lady just paved a way for every human being. Let's lift our hands and give God the praise right now. Oh, I know, I know. I know what it's like to walk into an atmosphere like this. Gary, I remember 37 years ago visiting an apostolic church and said, you ain't never going to get me to run and jump and shout. I walked in as a total drug addict, alcoholic, saying these people have lost their minds. But after I was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the power of the Holy Ghost, I was leading the pack. I got to the place of desperation. I got to the place of need. I got to the place where it didn't matter what anybody thought. And so this altar call right now, I was going to preach longer, but this altar call right now is for the desperate. If you're desperate under the sound of my voice, this little lady has paved a way for you. This altar is open here today. If you're needing deliverance, If you're needing healing, if you have an issue that's galling your soul, galling the inner man, I invite you. But come with faith. Come with boldness. Come with expectation. Somebody come help us pray. I wouldn't live this building I'm going to touch God I don't care what I got to do I'm not coming here to have God touch me I'm coming here to touch God I saw You can touch him. He's in the house. He's in this building.